This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Don't miss out on your chance to listen to four-time Super Bowl champ Charlie Weiss on the only podcast solely devoted to everyone's favorite position in football, the quarterback. Listen for free now by subscribing wherever you get podcasts or by going to CelebrityQB.com. Welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. I am your host, Dwayne Callender, and if you, you can't tell by just my lack of energy uh, tonight, it's still stemming from the fact of the jaw-dropping news that Eli Manning may have played his last meaningful down for the New York Giants in what has truly become one of the most rock-bottom, shameful seasons in Giants history. Now, I will delve into the Eli and Giants debacle in a bit. I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to focus on just at least doing the waiver wire pickups before I have my cathartic meltdown if you will so please spare me that opportunity uh but i i will i will at least give some advice on how to manage week 13 because this is a pivotal week for uh potential playoff berths and also it could be the final week of the regular season for some leagues i know some leagues uh go to week 14 for four team leagues but uh i'll, I'll go through the waiver wire pickups uh if you will all right, so there is news that Josh Gordon, after his lengthy suspension and rehabilitation from his drug addiction, uh, is going to be active uh, for the Browns uh, this uh, upcoming weekend against the Chargers. Uh, I mean, from a fantasy outlook, yes, I would say uh Josh Gordon is a speculative ad. Uh there's no question about that. There's always potential given just how talented a receiver Josh Gordon was in his prime. Yes, two years is a long time. So again, 
this would be a speculative ad, not an uh, uh, ad and play. Uh, so this would be a stash, and you're hoping to see some kind of fire uh, generate. But, uh, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily uh, look uh, for an immediate impact uh, uh, this week. So my pick for an immediate impact would be Corey Coleman, uh, his teammate on the Browns. Uh, Coleman, uh, you know, has come back from his hand injury. Uh, he's looked uh, pretty good, and he's getting eight targets a game. Uh, on average, uh, I mean, yes, the Browns are not an ideal situation in terms of fantasy offense, but again, given this late in the year, you're looking for at least a bit of uh, offense and uh, uh, unlikely spots. So um, if you got injuries or if you're dealing with the uh, Michael Crabtree uh, suspension, which it appears has been uh, going to be knocked out to one game, uh, so uh, you're looking for a fill-in. Uh, uh, you could do worse than Corey Coleman. Uh, next up, another wide receiver, and we're actually looking at uh, the uh, the Bills this time. Zay Jones uh, has been getting plenty of targets. He was a hot commodity uh, beginning of the year, has been dropped by uh, numerous owners for good reason. I mean, uh, he uh, should be less than uh, 30% owned in leagues. Again, this is more of a fill-in Worst case scenario, you're uh, pl- plugging them in there uh, just uh, based off of uh, uh, injuries or suspensions, if you will. The Bills have a tough matchup against New England, but uh, again, this is one of those matchups where I also expect New England to uh, win handily, so I think there's opportunity so, uh, for garbage points uh, as well. So again, uh, you can look at Zay Jones uh, on... Uh, other positional front, uh, I would say that in terms of the running back position, one uh, name you can consider uh, moving forward uh, this week is uh, Jacquez Rogers of the Tampa Bay Bucks. Uh, you can also take a look at Peyton Barber. Uh, Doug Martin left the game with a concussion last week. Uh, his status is still going to be unknown uh, coming into the game Sunday, so I would say your best bet is to actually – uh, prepare uh, as if uh, the uh, Martin is not going to be ready for the game against Green Bay. And it's a primo matchup. The uh, the Packers are not very good against the run. Uh, so this is an actual uh, opportunity to uh, get uh, low-end RB1 status uh, if, uh, if Martin can't go. So, again, uh, one of those opportunities where, you know, you've got an injury – Take advantage of it. Plug in the plug in the guy. Uh, it's most likely gonna be uh, Rogers uh, getting uh, the nod here over Barber. I know Barber got the goal line carries. Uh, so if you're in a touchdown dependent league, uh, I would shift your focus over to Barber. But if it's a, a factoring in PPR, uh, I would say you've got a better uh, uh, chance uh, with uh, Rogers uh, just getting uh, getting additional touches. So. We'll have a bit more info as we get later in the week, but since uh, we're coming up on the waiver wire deadlines, uh, again, this is a moral moral online. So if you got to be better safe than sorry, and just uh, pounce on them now. So uh, in terms of uh, the running backs, again, uh, Jamal Williams uh, had the monster game for Green Bay. Uh, it's very unlikely at this point that he hasn't been picked up, but. 
uh, you know, in the off chance you've uh, been in the league where guys have been asleep at the wheel, I would uh, just double check to make sure he's uh, he's uh, uh, hasn't been picked up yet. Another name I would also uh, take a look at would be, uh, and this is uh, again more of a dart throw than anything else, but uh, it can't hurt at this stage of the season where you're trying to at least uh, get some value uh, added would be uh, looking at Kenyon Drake of the Dolphins. Uh, you know, not great match, not a great matchup against the Broncos, but again, if you're lacking running back depth just for any particular reason of whether it's due to injury or uh, something else came up, uh, you can take a look at him. Uh, Rex Burkhead is another option on the Patriots. Uh, you know, he's been in a, a weird little dynamic timeshare uh, with Deion Lewis. Uh, James White has fallen by the wayside. Uh, you're not uh, seeing uh, uh, the Mike Gillisley show anymore with uh, uh, the Patriots after his fumbling issues. So it's been a mix of Burkhead and uh, Deion Lewis. Burkhead's been getting the goal line carries uh, for the moment uh, with the Patriots. So uh, I would definitely take a look at Burkhead. Uh, Deion Lewis has probably already been picked up in leagues. And uh, if you haven't, uh, and I would also just uh, do another check. Uh, and again, 99, I, I wouldn't say 99%, but I would say at least 70% of the league. Samaj P. Ryan has also uh, been picked up. Uh, but, you know, in the off chance, someone fell asleep at the wheel and uh, uh, didn't pick him up ahead of the Giants game. Uh, yeah, there's always a possibility of... Uh, that happening, but, uh, highly unlikely, but, uh, you know, I've, I've learned over the years not to underestimate other owners, just not seizing on an opportunity in certain leagues. So, uh, you never know what can happen. So, uh, that pretty much does it for the waiver wire selections. Uh, you know, the issue uh, I see, and, you know, it's been apparent is just with the amount of injuries that have happened in the year, it's really hard to kind of get behind, uh, certain players. I mean, if you're really reaching, uh, just because you're looking for a roster spot, you can pick up Rod Smith officially uh, for the Cowboys. Uh, Darren McFadden has retired, so he's uh, he's uh, Smith has been the clear cut number two behind Alfred Morris. And you know, if Alfred Morris still struggles to get yardage, I do see the Cowboys leaning more towards uh, Smith getting the bulk of the carries uh, moving forward. So. I, I definitely think that's a possibility uh, down the road. The only problem is that because we're still late in the year, you could be waiting on that train, and it, it may not happen before Zeke's suspension ends. So, again, it, it's a tight situation, but uh, sometimes you're, you're just kind of rolling the dice and hoping that it uh, pans out. So that's uh, what I've been looking at in terms of uh, the fantasy uh, waiver wire uh, look for week 13. Uh, in terms of uh, some other matchups, uh, to keep in mind, I would uh, take a good look at the defenses that are available on waiver wires uh, this week, just because it's coming up late again uh, in the year. So you're going to uh, try to look for uh, compelling matchups. Uh, chances are uh, the Chargers defense has been picked up based, uh, just because they've been on a roll the last uh, three weeks. So uh, chances are they're... Uh, not available, but uh, you never know. Another matchup you can consider uh, uh, in the, in certain leagues 
you might see uh, the Titans defense, the Ravens defense, or the Bears defense. All three of those defenses have uh, uh, premium matchups uh, this week, uh, just because uh, the Titans have uh, the Texans and Tom Savage, who struggles reading coverages and has been throwing uh, a number of picks. I mean, I can go into Tom Savage uh, just ripping on him, uh, and I was planning to for his press conference uh, last night, but the Giants news had me just uh, still just so deflated today. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I think the Titans would be a good pickup for Week 13. Uh, the Ravens have a matchup against the Lions. You know, as I've often said on this uh, podcast, I find the Lions offense constipating. There's nothing that really scares me about the Lions offense. Yes, they've still been able to put up uh, some points on defenses, but I think by and large, uh, you can still get uh, generate points off of them with turnovers. So I, I think the Ravens are a safe start there. And the Bears defense, while it's not great by any stretch of the imagination, they are a very competent defense. And San Francisco has not been a good team throughout the year at all. Now, things change a bit because Jimmy Garoppolo uh, finally gets a start. I mean, Niners fans have been waiting for this for a couple of weeks now. And, I mean, literally, Jimmy Garoppolo got seven seconds to play in an NFL game last week and managed to throw a touchdown pass. And, of course, uh, the Niners fans on Twitter went insane given the fact that uh, C.J. Bedard uh, got the entire game to flounder against the Seahawks, and Seattle wasn't doing much on offense, and yet still uh, they refused to put uh, Jimmy G in the game. And of course, Jimmy G uh, just shows up and uh, uh, puts it in the end zone uh, uh, with uh, the game at the very end. But, you know, we'll see what uh, Garoppolo has uh, on deck for Chicago, but... I still say that the bulk of the work of the Niners offense leads me to believe that they'll have another tough day in the office. Uh, Garoppolo may give them a bit of a spark, but I still think that uh, uh, Chicago is a decent enough option that you can look at starting uh, this week. Just uh, if you don't have a top-tier defense and you've been kind of circling, uh, circling them in and out of lineups, uh, reason being I'm uh, saying this is the fact that uh, you've got you know a couple of uh, typical matchups that you play. I mean the Seahawks have to play Philly. I mean Philly also has to play the Seattle offense. Again, uh, for Philly uh, defense purposes, you know Seattle does give up a, a lot of sacks, but Russell Wilson also can make some plays. So it's not a great matchup for them. Uh, Seattle's defense uh, is going to have trouble covering Philly uh, just with the amount of options Carson Wentz has and the fact that they don't have the linebacking core. Cam Chancellor's out for uh, the rest of the season. Uh, I mean, it's just a mass unit in terms of uh, of uh, injuries with uh, the Seahawks. So, again, not liking the Seahawks' defense moving forward the rest of the year and Definitely would avoid them in this matchup against uh, the Eagles. So uh, just a couple of things to keep in mind. You you might want to consider rotating defenses if you've got uh, teams of that nature with difficult matchups this week rather than trying to ride them just on namesake alone. All right. So let's segue back to 
the Giants. And I mean, we already buried the Giants weeks ago. But the understanding was that at the very least, the Giants organization would do what it could to put up the pretense that this team was at least trying to do right by its players. So yes, you can lose, but you can at least lose with some dignity. Instead, what the Giants have done is offer Eli Manning a piecemeal option of starting two or three series, so basically playing a quarter of a game and then getting benched in favor of Geno Smith, and eventually it's going to be Davis Webb, our third-round draft pick uh, this year uh, from West Virginia, uh, to be our QB. Now, I, I just have to shake my head at this because there are a number of reasons why uh, this decision makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. And I had to, I had to correct myself. I said Davis Webb was uh, 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 West Virginia. Geno Smith was, was from West Virginia uh, for college. Davis Webb was a Cal, uh, a Cal player, formerly of Texas Tech, because he was Patrick Mahomes' uh, teammate, got beat out by Patrick Mahomes, and then transferred to uh, Cal for his senior year. But anyway... Uh, going back into uh, why this doesn't make any sense for uh, the Giants. So, from the timing perspective, if the Giants were going to go down this path, and they basically, back they read out this piecemeal statement of, it's for the evaluation of player talent. The issue being that if you're truly evaluating player talent, you would actually need to have talent in place to evaluate players. The Giants have so many injuries between their offensive line and the uh, the fact that we have no starting wide receivers at this point because they're still not sure what the exact cause of Sterling Shepard's migraines are, that he's still iffy for playing uh, uh, this weekend uh, out in L.A. against the Raiders. So, again, no starting wide receivers. Evan Ingram's going through a rough patch as a rookie. He's been dropping passes the last month now, so he's lead, he's actually leading the league in drops, uh, which is hard to imagine given how many drops the Raiders receivers have had this year. But Evan Ingram is up there in the league now for drops. You know, it's just been a rough year. And yes, we know Eli has been dinking and dunking, but that's what the play calling has been because they know the offensive line can't pass protect. So if thinking and dunking is the actual game plan, why are we supposed to be surprised that you haven't gotten the offensive production out of the unit that you were intending it to be? This is such a failure of management that the fact that they can't even own up to the fact that they blew it is so sickening. I mean, evaluating talent as an excuse I mean, it's just the lamest excuse possible that you can throw out there when, in fact, the whole strategy for the Giants is to tank for a top three pick. It's plain and simple. That's what the Giants are doing. And for a, I mean, a NFL franchise of the caliber of the New York Giants, with the history the Giants have of being one of the more stand-up organizations in the league, to actually go down this route is pretty brazen uh given the, their history they they 
even in the years where we've had some bad quarterbacks. I mean, uh, we can go back through the Dave Brown era, the bouncing back and forth with Kent Graham and Dave Brown, Danny Cannell. I mean, we've we've had our fill of bad quarterbacks uh, in the past. You can go into the uh, pre-Sims era uh, in the in the uh, early 70s. But rest assured, the Giants have gone through rough patches in the past. It's just the fact that in the past, the Giants have actually handled it with some shred of credibility and dignity. Offering Eli a chance to extend his career start streak just for the sake of padding his stats is something that Eli was never going to suggest to do. So the fact that they even offered it to him shows how clearly out of touch they are because now they're trying to spin this as a story where Eli chose to sit. Eli chose to sit because you gave him no opportunity to actually fight for a shot. If you're telling him that uh, regardless of score, you're going to pull him, of course he's going to say that this is a farce and he's going to uh, decline to actually suit up and and uh, start. So now you've got a, a chance to further embarrass the franchise by having Eli back up Geno Smith, who we know can't play, we know can't throw spirals in the swirling winds of Giants Stadium because we saw him struggle for years with the Jets. I mean, for those of you who may remember him in college, he literally quit during the pinstripe bowl uh, in Yankee Stadium when it was snowing. Uh, I mean, that should have been a clear red flag sign to the Jets, but clearly the Jets uh, aren't the best scouting department that, that we've ever seen in the NFL history. Now, Jerry Reese plucked a Gino because he was dirt cheap and Gino's going to be a free agent. So Gino was not looking to go anywhere and was looking for an opportunity to maybe start if anything went wrong. Now that the Giants are in a position where they're clearly trying to tank, they know Davis Webb isn't ready to play yet. So basically we're going to be tanking because they know that uh, Gino Smith can't actually win football games. Suffice to say, this is tanking 101. I mean, it's blatantly obvious. But the fact that the Giants are actually going down this path and trying to spin it as player evaluation is just insulting to the intelligence of Giants fans. Everyone knows what this is. Now, you can feel how you want to feel about Eli Manning. I'm not going to try to change your opinion. There are things uh, that Eli has done that, uh, you know, as a QB that, like, just, you want to rip your hair out. But at the end of the day, when he is your most tenured player on the roster, and he has been nothing but exemplary in how he conducts himself with the media, with fans, in terms of every promotional obligation that the organization has thrown at him, with a plump, just class all around, to put him in a situation like this where he is now going to be the media spectacle and hovering over everything. So it's now the camera cameras are going to be on him the entire time looking for any kind of show of emotion that's negative to uh, further downplay the organization. I mean, obviously, Ben McAdoo and Jerry Reese are responsible for this. But they couldn't come uh, to this decision without the uh, express written approval of John Mara, 
part owner of the Giants and Steve Tisch, who's the other part owner. So this is on the uh, mayors and uh, uh, the mayors and uh, Steve Tisch as well, because uh, honestly, this is a crisis of leadership and the lack thereof. There's no word from John Mayer or uh, Steve Tisch. They're leaving it up to McAdoo and Jerry Reese to make it seem like these two clowns are actually running the show when we all know uh, because it was already leaked that Merrill was already requesting that the scouts start looking at college QBs. Merrill's already moved on from Eli. Now the only question is why the hell it took so long uh, for this to happen if they didn't actually come uh, to an agreement with Eli at the trading deadline that he needs to waive his no trade clause uh, to uh, accept the trade to Jacksonville or anywhere else uh, that needed a QB. Because if there's anything that the Colin Kaepernick situation has proven is that the NFL is in desperate need of starting quarterbacks on potential playoff teams. So the fact that this conversation may or may not have happened, but the fact that they couldn't get to an agreement with Eli to actually make a move just smacks of just how dysfunctional the Giants organization is at the moment. Because if the plan is to let Eli uh, walk at the end of the year and cut him instead of trading him, because now we can't even trade him because we've lost our leverage, because what's the plan going to be? You're going to evaluate Davis Webb, and if he doesn't pan out, you're going to bring back Eli for 2018? Are, are, are we serious here? I, I, honestly, it, it honestly, it, it's frustrating, and, you know, I'm... I'm already tired of talking about it with people tonight, but the lack of foresight here is just so strikingly apparent that this seems to be a decision where Jerry Reese and McAdoo are making a desperate attempt of showing uh, Mara that they, they do know what they're doing and they can at least get Davis Webb ready uh, if they give uh, get enough snaps in, that it wasn't a waste of a third round pick, and that he could be a potential in the future. That's what they're trying to sell to save their jobs on is potential. The fact that this went down the way that it did is shameful to say the least. I mean, Wellington Marrow, no way this happens. Uh, this type of debacle happens under his watch. Even when you come down to the situation where Ray Hanley picked Jeff Hostetler over Phil Simms, there was at least a precedent that Hostetler guided us through the playoffs. So you still had that uh, camp that actually said that we should move on from Simms because we had Haas lead us through the playoffs in 91. You could, you could at least, uh, I mean in 90, uh, and uh, to be the starting quarterback in 91. You can at least make the case there. To let Eli hang out in the wind and be subject to the media for the rest of the season without actually having a proper plan in place to have a secession plan, because there is no plan at this point. The plan is to tank and get a high draft pick and draft a QB, but now you're you've got Eli and you gotta figure out what you're gonna do. If this was going to be the plan, this needed to have been accelerated months ago. Now, McAdoo hinted at it 
but no one actually thought he would execute it because he would have needed Mara to sign off on it. If Mara uh, uh, dug in his feet and was stubborn about it and didn't actually co- seriously contemplate having the idea of trading Eli Manning before the trading deadline, that, again, like I said, is a failure of leadership. And now Mara's lead, uh, I mean, yes, Ben McAdoo and Jerry Reese have made this mess for the Giants this year. But the fact that Mara has let this melodrama play out in front of the media and the entire world and let these two chuckleheads take the fall for it, that's still on Mara. So, yes, I am beyond pissed with Ben McAdoo and Jerry Reese. There, there's no question on that. And it's inexplicably frustrating as a Giants fan watching your team literally implode from just a lack of foresight and decision-making in the process. Because at the end of the day, Mara calls the shots. Mara, if he was truly in in the mindset of scouting college QBs weeks ago, then the succession plan should have already been in place that thanking Eli for his service, telling him that, you know, we're going to move on next year and that we want to give you an opportunity to be in the best position to win now for at least one more Super Bowl run and sell the idea to him that way so he can have his choice of teams that he can at least entertain offers from. And if it didn't work out before the deadline, at least he gave it a best shot, and then Eli couldn't complain. This seems to be more along the lines of, okay, now we want to at least see Davis Webb, but we didn't have enough snaps in place, so we pitched the idea to Eli of, we're going to have you start games and then have Davis close out in the second half without actually contemplating that Eli would say, no, I want to end my career with dignity here and just decline outright. I, you know, again, if they didn't contemplate that, then it's this season's even more screwed up than I w- could have even possibly have imagined. Uh, it's just utterly depressing. So, on that cheery note, I'm going to sign off because, again, I just don't have it in me tonight to be up and go through the previews and everything else fantasy-related because as a football fan and just, in general, a sports enthusiast, it is hard to see someone like Eli get treated in this type of fashion. Yes, we know the team's bad. We know he's not the player he once was, but there's at least a somewhat unspoken rule that, yeah, at least give your veterans an opportunity to go out with dignity. That wasn't afforded to Eli here. He got a piecemeal offer that it was a take it or leave it, and if he took that offer, it would have been just so self-serving that there's no way possible Eli would have signed off on that so uh, the consecutive start streak ends at 210 and I would just say that for Eli's 14 years of service it has been an honor and a privilege even though the road has not been uh, smooth at all at times but it's always a measure of professionalism that you know you at least come to expect with Eli no matter where things are going great or poorly, that he always kept it even keel. So even when he was emotional today, 
He never once criticized the organization. He always took it in stride with class. And that is the best way you can remember Eli Manning is the fact that no matter what the situation was, he was always a company man, even when his company basically gave him the shaft. So that's all for this evening. Have a good evening, folks, and until next time. talked about position in all of sports the quarterback and now there's a show solely dedicated to the most sought after role on the field celebrity qb featuring four-time super bowl champion coach charlie weiss unlike other football shows you'll get the inside scoop on all things quarterbacks like is this the year tom brady finally looks his age will dating danica patrick distract aaron Rodgers? i mean he's dating danica patrick charlie we're interested in that you know well i mean tommy's got giselle i'll I'll take giselle okay (laughs) is dak prescott good enough to win a super bowl for the cowboys which rookie quarterback has the best shot of making a positive impact in 2018 how about intellectually charlie as far as what they ask the quarterbacks to do now the game has changed but the pressure that's put on quarterbacks and it always been put on quarterbacks is tremendous Join Charlie Weiss and co-host Steve Strout on an all-new podcast from Lasting Media, exclusively about quarterbacks. Subscribe now at Apple iTunes or wherever you listen to great podcasts. Celebrity QB, everyone's favorite position. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working... The HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.